Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Right, if that's your pattern of life, if you go about life just making decisions on the fly, you know, I think this is best. According to my understanding that we should do this, I, I think we should do it this way. I would challenge you to pull back that that's not, that's not, that's not a life that God's leading. Right, that's not how God directs our step. God wants to direct your steps. But God can only direct the steps of the person that will pause and listen to him give the directions. And, you know, you can't give directions to somebody that's already on their way. You know, you got to slow down and say, Lord, what, do you, what would you have me to do? Have you ever gotten so good at faking it that the real fake version starts to feel like the real you? As Christians, this is a situation that many of us find ourselves in, sometimes without even realizing it. We like to dress up for church and smile, but is our heart really in the right place? Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you can't just go through the motions of being a Christian. If you continue faking it in life, you'll get good at being fake. And this is not who God wants us to be. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Judges chapter 21 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Let's look at Judges 21. This isn't a real encouraging chapter, so you're not going to read this. This is so, I'm so encouraged tonight. This is, that's not what's going to happen. But the Bible does say that these things, Old Testament, these things are written for our learning. We're going to learn what not to do so that we know what to do. And so the encouragement that we're going to take is looking at what not to do so that we know what to do. It says, now the men of Israel had sworn an oath at Mizpah, saying none of us shall give his daughters to Benjamin as a wife. So they made a vow at Mizpah after they killed all the Benjamites. And they said, none of us is going to give our daughters to marry. And otherwise, we're going to let Benjamin's going to die out. Um, none of us, we're not going to let them marry with our daughters. And so what would happen is then you would die out because it takes a woman to make babies. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. So, you know, so they, they, we're going to we're going to we're going to squeeze them out. Basically, is what they said. And they made a vow and they said, curse it be anybody that gives up one of his daughters to Benjamin. So they pronounce a curse on themselves if they give their daughter to Benjamin. Did they do that because God told them to? No. They did that because that's what they're used to doing. Just making rash, I mean, powerful decisions, but just without thinking. And if you're that kind of person, if you run around making big statements, you know, powerful statements about what you're going to do, or what you're never going to do again. I want you to consider they made this oath in anger, but now they're going to be sorry that they made it. And maybe you've done something like that. Maybe you were mad at someone. I'm never going to talk to you again. But but you, you, you obviously you're probably going to talk to him again. You know, so you said to your husband or wife, I'm not talking to you anymore. How, how long are you going to be able to keep that oath? You know, I'll never forgive this person for what they did. You know, and, and you can make rash vows or oaths in anger. We should not. Uh, we should avoid doing that. And so verse two, then the people came to the house of God and remained there before God uh, till evening. They lifted up their voices and they wept bitterly and they said, oh, Lord, God of Israel, why has this is why has this come to pass in Israel that today there should be one tribe missing in Israel? Now, this is it's almost comical that they could cry out now and say, God, why is this happening? It's you did it right. What you decided to wipe out Benjamin. God didn't tell them to do that. They decided 
to wipe out the whole tribe. They decided to go to war. And they're saying, God, now now this tribe is you decided not to offer your wives or your daughters as wives to them. And so now they're saying, well, now one of our tribe, we're 12 tribes, but we're going to be 11. This tribe is going to die out. And they're crying out. And they're weeping bitterly, saying, God, why is this happening? Why is one of the tribes of Israel going to be stamped out as if they didn't do it, as though they didn't do this themselves? And so I've thought of this It's like somebody spending all their money quickly and without prayer and just being reckless with their spending and saying, God, I don't know why I'm broke. Why you always leave me broke, God? Like, like it's God's fault that you broke, but you spent it all, you know, doing silly stuff, you know, mauling and buying stuff, you know, that you didn't need or, you know, you know, you can see this in marriage. You can have people in a marriage where we don't do anything God's word says, right? Well, I don't, I don't love my wife like Christ loves the church. She doesn't submit to her husband. And we're like, God, why'd you put me in this jacked up marriage? And God's like, you, you won't follow my rules. Like, it's, it's, it's not my fault. It's your fault. That's what they're doing here. They're saying, God, like, why is this happening? And they're not taking any responsibility for that. And so we laugh at that, but people do this all the time. People are living with the result of their own decisions. And they're like, God, how come you did this to me? You did that to you. And so be careful that that's not with it. Be careful that you don't live however you want. And then when the result of living however you want happens, you're like, God, why you do this to me? Why you didn't bless me better? You know, why you didn't do you didn't you didn't ask me first. You didn't pray. You didn't seek me and obey what you already knew. This is their this is their own doings. And they're bummed out by the result of their own doings. Verse four. So it was on the next morning that the people rose early and built an altar there and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. This looks good, right? They pause, they offer worship. And I'm going to just say it up front because we're going to see in just a moment. They offer worship, but they don't wait. They're going to worship the Lord, but they're not going to wait on the Lord. So they offer sacrifices and they offer, you know, the burnt offerings and they, they peace offerings to the Lord. They offer this up. And then instead of doing that and then saying, God, we're going to just wait upon you. They're like, okay, now we did that. Now, now we're going to move forward. And it's like the people that pray, but they don't wait to hear back. I prayed about that. Did you hear back about that before you move forward with that? Right. It's like, you know, and that's what people do. They'll pray about. I prayed. I prayed. I prayed with him and her. I prayed with five people about that. And so now I'm just moving forward. Did you hear back yet? Has the Lord called back yet? Have you got an answer yet? Um, because until you get an answer, you're not supposed to move. Amen. Amen. And so. They waited on the Lord. And again, I was encouraged. You first read that. And you're like, okay, okay. All right, we're returning back our attention to the Lord, but not the way that God wants. They're doing this out of religion. They're doing this out of this is what we're supposed to do. But they're not waiting on the Lord. They're not interested in what the Lord has to say. These people still are bent in their minds in a direction where they want to do what they want to do. And so, yeah, we, we offer this up to the Lord. Now we're going to go forward and do what it is that we see as Best And so I would just encourage us to make sure we do want to worship the Lord, but we also want to wait on the Lord and God. This is something about the Lord. You guys, that God's never seems like he's in a rush. Amen. That's been my experience when I'm asking God stuff and I'm like, Lord, I'd like an answer yesterday, you know, and I'm praying and God's like, I I, I like this right now. Have you undivided attention? I'm, I'm, we're going to hang out for a minute, you know, and he's going to lay. I mean, I've had God just wait it out. Like I'm, I'm going to do my reading for the day and I'm looking for God to speak to me that day. And God's like, no, I spoke to you about some other things, but, I, but because I had your attention. And so it'd be another day and another day. God will speak when he's ready and you have to wait on the Lord. 
Uh, you have to wait for a response. You have to wait for the Lord to speak back. And so they don't do that here. Um, they they wait. They, they, they offer these things to the Lord. And then look at verse five. They jump right into action. The children of Israel said, who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not come up with the assembly to the Lord? For they made a great oath. They made another oath concerning anyone who had not come up to the Lord at Mizpah, saying he shall surely be put to death. So when they all went to gather at Mizpah, they said, anybody who does not come up with us, we're going to put them to death. And so now that they're here because of the previous bad decisions and they, you know, Benjamin don't have no wives. They're like, who didn't come up to Mizpah? Remember we said anybody don't come up to Mizpah, we're going to kill all of them. Who didn't come? And as they sit here and they look at it, they're like, oh, you know what? Um, there was one of the tribes that didn't show up and what they're going to decide to do is, well, let's kill all them and all their men and all their women and all the virgins that they got left. We'll take them as wives for Benjamin. So they're going to fix one disaster by creating another disaster. Why not? They, you know, like we, we, the same thing that got you where you were before, not asking God, you get ready to do it all over again. And we're reading this. Right. And so we kind of have the benefit of like we're reading and saying like, man, this is you guys are making a mistake. We can see it. Right. But when is your life? And when it's my life, do we see it as well? Um, when it's my life, when it's my decisions that I'm making, how many of us have made decisions? Don't raise your hand. How many of us have made decisions without praying, only to see it kind of blow up in our face? And then, then we're feeling pressed to make new decisions without praying. And some of us are, some of y'all are like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I lived like that for quite some time, you know? And God, sometimes through the error and the bump in our heads, is training us. Why don't you ask me? Why don't you wait? Why don't you slow down a little bit? Why don't you go a little slower next time? Uh, why don't you let me guide and direct your steps? I'm listening when you pray and I will respond as you wait upon me. And maybe you're listening. You say, I, I haven't really had that in, kind of encounter with the Lord. I would encourage you tonight that you would slow down your relationship with the Lord. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to write a list of specific things I'm praying about. And I'm going to wait on you to answer these things. And you go back to that, wherever you wrote those things down, you go back and fill out his answers when you get them. Um, you'd be amazed at how faithful God is to speak back and to respond. But he does it in his time. Right. We were in Ecclesiastes. Right. And all things are beautiful in what? In his time. Everything. God's. I do everything right, but I do it in my time. I don't do it in yours. And so I would encourage us that we can learn from their error here that we would slow down uh, if there are big decisions to be made. And you don't know what to do yet. And you feel pressed. Like, I got to do something. I got to do something. You, you, you got to hear back from the Lord. Uh, I remember there was a kid when I was doing youth ministry and he, he was seeking the Lord about where to go to school. And he, he was hoping that, you know, he had two options. He was either going to Bible college or a Christian college. And so he said, I'm going to apply to both. And then maybe the Lord will direct me through an open and shut door. Maybe he'll open one door and shut one door. And then I'll know what to do. Well, God opened both doors. He got an acceptance letter from both schools. And so his parents are pressing him like, you need to make a decision. We need to know what to do, you know, because because the, the Christian schools will cost a whole lot more money. And if they're like, if, if that's the decision, we need to know so we can get, you know, we can start getting paperwork in all this kind of stuff. And I remember praying with him and he was like, man, I feel pressured by my parents to make a decision. I feel pressed to make a decision, but I don't know what God wants yet. And so it was the day before the last day he could wait. He was like, I don't know. And I fought it tooth and nail. Like, I don't want to, obviously I would have loved for him to go to Bible college. I felt like he, he, 
he had that kind of gift. But I'm like, I want him to get it from God, not from me. And so I'm like, I don't know. Let's just we pray. I remember praying with him at lunch in the quad at school. And he's like, I just pray that God would make it absolutely clear which he was to do. And then he went back to the lunchroom. His mother had just got a letter from the Christian college and found out that the amount that they the amount they thought it was and the amount it actually was was was, was vastly different. And so when they saw the amount that it really was, his parents were like, there's no way we could afford to do that. And so he's like, boom, now I know for sure. And he ended up going to Bible college. He's been serving as an assistant pastor ever since then. Um, you know, but I look back and I'm like, man, he, he I mean, the Lord dragged him out to the last moment. And you look and think, God, why'd you do that? Why you can't be like, God, why couldn't you just tell him last the week before? And this so, and this is this is my belief, right? I can't say this is a fact. This is my belief. Because it's, it's what happens in my life, right? That that season where you're just desperate to hear back, God has your undivided attention in ways that he does not typically have your attention. And he likes that. He, that's what he wants. He wants you engaged with him. And so he's like, right now, I, mean, I could answer you last week, but then you'd be off to the races again. Right now, you're like, you, you're on your face. There's humility. There's, you're crying out. You, you're reading every day. You're praying. I wish you could do this when you knew what to do. But but we don't. And so I, my belief is that God's like, I, I, I just like to have this time with you. I got your attention like never before. And, and I want to I'm going to stretch this time out. So maybe if we got better at being intimate with the Lord when we knew what to do, maybe he'd answer faster. But maybe not. Maybe God just likes us to wait. So, so I, I don't know. So moving on, um, they come up with another scheme. And so they're asking, you know, who didn't go up to Miss Paul? Because they made that vow that anybody that didn't go up was going to be put to death. Verse six. And the children of Israel grieved for Benjamin, their brother. And they said, one tribe is cut off from Israel today. What shall we do for wives, for those who remain? Seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them our daughters as wives. And they said, what one is there from the tribe of Israel who did not come up to Mizpah to the Lord? And in fact, no one had come from the camp of Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were counted, indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead was there. So the congregation sent out their 12, they sent out their 12,000 of their most valiant, valiant men and commanded them saying, go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and the children. So this is the decision that they make now. They said, look, we said if you didn't come up, we was going to kill you. So now there's another tribe, though, right? They're, they're, they're bummed out that Benjamin's getting ready to be cut off. And they're like, well, now the Jabez Gilead, they didn't come. And so now they're going to get put to death. And they're doing the same thing. It's a cycle. How do, how do they get into this rut of just doing whatever they want? Um, what we saw, what we'll see at the end of the chapter is that this era is marked where people just did what was right in their own eyes. So I don't need to seek the Lord. I'm doing what's right to me. This seems right to me today. And I've said this many times, but maybe some of you guys recognize this in your own life, that many times our knee-jerk responses are not spirit-led. They're not what, you know, if you would just wait a little while. The things that I think to do, my immediate thoughts sometimes, I think I'm going to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray. I'll take a day to pray. It's almost never what my knee-jerk response is going to be. You know what that shows me? How unholy I really am. Like my my knee jerk response is not holy. You know, it's, it's it's a rare thing where my first thought is the right thought. You know, go with your first thought. Don't go with your first thought. 
Go with your go go with your last prayer. You know, go with the last thing God spoke to you about it. But your first thought, your first inclination, um, I'm I'm aware, I'm ashamed of how how regularly my first inclination is not what God ends up saying. I'm like, I was thinking I thought I should do this. And I pray, and God's like, no, it's so far from what I would have you do. And so they, they're doing this again. It's, it's, a, it's a pattern that they've kind of created of just doing whatever they think. Um, if that's what you do, right? If that's your pattern of life, if you go about life just making decisions on the fly, you know, I think this is best. According to my understanding that we should do this, I, I think we should do it this way. I would challenge you to pull back that that's not, that's not, that's not a life that God's leading, right? That's not how God directs our step. God wants to direct your steps. But God can only direct the steps of the person that will pause and listen to him give the directions. And, you know, you can't give directions to somebody that's already on their way. You know, you got to slow down and say, Lord, what, do you, what would you have me to do? And I think if you run off in front of the Lord going the wrong way, God will let you go. Because eventually you're going to hit the wall and be looking up and he's OK. Now, 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 can you hear me now? Yeah. Now, you, now you can hear me now. Now, now we can have a conversation, you know. And so maybe some of us are there. We've hit the wall in different areas, you know, done it our way and realize that now I need to I need to grow in my ability to seek the Lord. And so I believe the most effective way to do that is the ongoing combination of prayer and the word in the life of the believer. Prayer and the word. Time in prayer, time reading the word, time crying out to God, emptying your heart, exhausting everything to him. Why do we pray to a God that knows everything already, right? Doesn't the Bible say that God knows the things that we have need of even before we ask him? Yes, but he wants us to tell him. And so we pray because God said, this is what I want. I want you to cry out to me. I want you to tell me everything. I want you to share your hurts. I want you to share your concerns. I want you to share your anxieties. It says in Peter that, you know, um, that, you know, we, we can we can bring our anxieties, our cares before the Lord or give them to him, lay them off at his feet because he cares for us. Cast your anxieties, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so God said, bring it to me. I'm never that busy. I'm, I'm all knowing. I, got, I, got, I can listen to all of you guys at the same time and take all the information in. I have perfect wisdom to know what's supposed to be done. And if you just wait, I, I, I will respond. And I'll speak back. And I think that's where coming into the word and just saying, God, I'm, I'm reading. Right. You know, I'm talking to you. You know, it's like a telephone call when I'm praying. If that's me talking, when I'm, I'm reading the word, I'm listening. I'm saying, God, speak to me. And you want to get an ear for that. Now, there's more than that. God can speak to the word. God can speak by his spirit. God can speak through people. God can speak through circumstances. There are many, many ways God can speak. And I don't want to I don't want to seem to box God up here. Right. But primarily, he's going to speak through his word. Um, I've had God speak to me in different ways in my life. Um, I'm thinking of a, a, a scenario where one of my children was on a swim team and uh, the coach yelled at them and they were going to quit the swim team. And they took the weekend to pray about it. And we went and saw a VeggieTale movie at the theater. And somehow there was a there was some somehow the theme of the VeggieTale movie was like, don't quit. And, and so this child of mine was like, I, I, God told me not to quit now. And I'm like, how did he tell you that? And I'm looking for the verses and what did they read? They're like, what was the VeggieTale movie in this thing right here? And I'm like, oh, you heard back from the Lord, man. Praise God. You know, however, so far be it from me to put God in a box. So he only speaks this way. He speaks however he wants. Amen. But we want to wait till we hear something back. We want to be listening and just God, I'm listening. I'm looking for you to respond and speak back before I step out and do stuff. And so um, these guys have made it a pattern to just do stuff. And then they look back and like, oh, that was a mistake. And they do some more stuff. And they look back and see that it was a mistake again. So moving on, verse 12. 
Uh, so they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. So basically they kill everybody from Jabesh Gilead, all the men, all the women and children, and they say only, per, only keep back virgin girls who have not known a man. And so there's 400. Well, how many men is left from Benjamin? So they short 200 virgins. And so uh, once again, I look at this and I just think, see, man, that's, 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 how, that's how it happens when it's just you doing it yourself. You know, it's like when we, we killed all them people, all those kids. I mean, we killed babies and women and we killed all these people and we short 200 virgins. How do they feel about that? I mean, how did that feel when they were all done? If you were part of the killing crew, went out there knifing people to death and to fix a problem that y'all created last time you made a bad call and now you still can't do what you said. It's just not quite working out. So now they're going to have to come up with another grand scheme to work it out. And I just want us to, these things are written for our learning. So I just want us to read this and think, this is what it's like. Some of y'all have been here. I can see it in your eyes. Some of you guys have been in a place where you, you made that decision and then it didn't work out anyway. You cheated over here and it still didn't add up over here. You made this decision and it still didn't work out. And so you know, that's, that's God's like, no, no, you need to wait upon me for everything. You need to cry out to me and listen to me. And so verse, uh, verse 13 now he says, then the whole congregation went, sent word to the children of Benjamin who were at the rock of Ramon and announced peace to them. So remember, the, Benjamins, the Benjamites that were left were hiding in the rocks, um, you know, for their lives because everybody else just got killed. So they, they went to them in the rocks and said, hey, guys, we're, we're good. We're, you know, we're, we're pronouncing peace. Come on back. Verse 14. So Benjamin came back at that time and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabez Gilead and they had not found enough for them. So the people grieved for Benjamin because the Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. And I just want you to read that. The Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. They blame it on the Lord. That is what people do today. I hate when I, it happens so often. And I'm, 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 I'll talk to people and I'm listening to people and they're like, you know, if God is so good and why come this happen? And what about that thing? Right? And God is to blame for everything. And people don't take responsibility for anything. And I would I would just challenge us to be careful about that. All right. We'll look at the bad things happening. How come that's happening in the world? There's a God who did the things that are bad people. Just like you have free will. They have free will. Just like you do bad stuff and God lets you do it. Amen. They do bad stuff and God lets them do it. God's like, you pay later, right? There's a day coming where if you don't get it right, there's a day coming. Nobody's getting away with anything, but there are people that have that mindset. If God was so powerful, then why would he let that happen? Why would God let people get killed like that or abused like that or this take place like that? How much evil should God stop, right? He would have to either stop all evil or God lets you have free will and God lets us have free will. And what men do with their free will is sometimes discouraging and disastrous and despicable when we look at what they do with it. But I have to look at it and say, you know, no one's got no one's ever gotten away with murder ever. Everybody's got to give an account one day to him. No one's ever gotten away with anything. The only per the only way you get away with something, if, if, if you can get away, is, is that you're washed in the blood of the lamb. And in that sense, as our sins are forgiven and are washed away, our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. Um, we can be right with God. But other than that, nobody's gotten away with anything. You know, everybody will one day give an account. And so 
Again, now here they're, they're grieved. They're, they're blaming this on God. Why has the Lord made a void in the tribe of Israel? Verse 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, what shall we do for wives for those who remain since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? So notice what they do again. Who do they ask? Themselves. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Judges. This was an interesting season for the people of Israel, being led by various judges as they delivered the people from a variety of enemies. You see, real faith lived out through these judges. There was much war and opposition going on, but God was faithful in delivering his people. Do you notice God's deliverance in your everyday life? He's aware of all that's going on, and He cares about bringing you out of those times of oppression. There's much more to learn from the book of Judges, and we hope you come back to hear what God speaks to you personally. If you missed any messages from this series, we encourage you to visit calvaryinglewood.org to hear more in Judges. There's also a free mobile app where you can access all of our messages, too. Just go to calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, you'll notice links to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Feel free to explore our website and find other valuable information. We offer a daily Bible reading plan that you can look into as well. Once again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. If you have any other questions, go ahead and call us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. Well, that's about all we have for today. We're so glad you took the time to listen to Pastor Bill today in the book of Judges. We'll catch you again as we look into a transforming word. Transforming word.